Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd. we got a great show for you guys today. It's a little different because it is the first to the last show before 2020. And I'm going to celebrate this this time. We're going to be playing some music. I have a great guest coming on. Our guest is going to be Rebecca Stern. She is the director of a documentary called Well Groomed. We're going to be learning all about that. We're going to be hearing some great music to kick us into 2020. And I'm ready to get it started, so let's go. You're about to enter a world of creativity and mingle with people that follow their dreams to color your world and brighten your day. From top celebrities to rising stars of tomorrow on the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. Now, here is your host, Jason Dowd. Cheers to 
Happy New Year, everybody. Well, I know it's not exactly the New Year yet. We got a couple of days. But since this is one of the last two times I'm going to be able to talk to you guys before the New Year comes, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And I wish everybody a very happy, safe New Year. Be smart. You know, unfortunately, there are so many deaths that come that come about from New Year's Eve because everybody goes out and wants to party and drink and, and do all that, that kind of stuff. And that's fine. But just be responsible. There's so many ways to avoid nasty accidents. Take an Uber. Um, if you if you know that you're gonna you don't have that that type of money, bring a designated driver, or you know just drink responsibly. You know know your limits. Don't overdo it, and don't let anybody pressure you into it as well. Because not only are you taking your own life at risk, but you're also taking other people's life at risk too. You know, for me, I just try to stay off the roads on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day completely. Uh, it's dangerous. You know, I've almost been in a, several accidents on those two days, and I just like to just stay away from it. You know, if I if I remove myself from that danger, <laughs> I guess I can't do too too much damage to myself. So, but I don't go out and party either. I'm not one of those type of party people like you probably think I am, or maybe you think I'm I'm not. <laughs> but I just don't go out and drink. I've never I've never you know honestly the only time I've ever had alcohol was when somebody spiked my punch in school. That was it. Um, I tasted beer one time, and I thought it was the most revolting thing I had ever had. And I don't—I just can't sit there and suck on a piece of wheat. That's just not my—that's not my my jam. So I don't drink. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. And for me to go out to bars and 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 stuff for these for these particular holidays like the New Year's, it just doesn't appeal to me. So you know, if I'm going to do something here, I like to sit and watch the ball come down with my family. Um, you know, sometimes I like to have just friends come over and hang out with me too. You know, it's a lot of fun. And the and the pre game the the pre. Uh, New Year's Eve shows the 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 music that they put out. That's some great stuff. But if you just want to sit and watch, you know, Netflix, or you want to sit and watch the new Disney Plus app, or whatever it may be, until that time comes, awesome. You know, one of the things that I miss, and I and I'm going to be talking about this a little bit here, is taking things for granted. You know, one of the things that I grew up watching was Dick Clark do the the New Year's Eve ball drop in in uh, Times Square, and <laughs> It hasn't been the same without him, honestly. It really hasn't. I miss it. And, you know, I took it for granted that this would be the way it always is every year. But that time of year comes where those people aren't here anymore or they just can't do it anymore. So what I'm going to tell you guys to do, and I hope it's going to be one of your um, one of your New Year's resolutions here because it's going to be one of mine, is to never take things for granted, never take anybody for granted because you just don't know how long you're going to have them or be around that situation. And we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions here in just a little bit as well. All right, so that's kind of done. I'm kind of done with that little rant for a few minutes. Um, we have one guest coming on. She's a spectacular guest, and she's going to be talking about things that I love the most, animals. One of the things I love the most. And uh, we're going to be talking to her about her documentary called Well-Groomed, which goes and and actually looks into the the competitive and um, the competitive group of grooming and dog shows and, and contests. So this is, this is going to be really interesting. It came out a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half ago. And uh, we're going to be talking about where to get it here too because that's very important if you want to come out and see it. Uh, it is going to be on Dis- it's going to be on HBO Go and HBO Now. So uh, we do talk about it airing on the 17th. That's because we had a pre-recorded interview for this, and um, 
So that's basically where you could see it. But it was picked up on HBO. We're so proud of her. And I can't wait to see some of the other things that she has coming out as well. And then to finish off the show, we're going to be playing music. I'm going to be cu- we're going to be focusing on the 1990s, the early dance music uh, that I grew up with and I miss. And I kind of want to reminisce about that too. So before we get into the brand new decade... I want to sit there and finish off with some of my favorite songs that I remember growing up, going to dances at school with and hearing, and so much more. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Stern, and we are going to also uh, get into the music and talk about New Year's resolutions. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. I'm Gladdy, the dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Are you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag and pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Hi there, this is Tim Coles, and you can find my newest book, Open Your Gift, at OpenYourGiftBook.com. That's www.OpenYourGiftBook.com. I hope you'll pick up a copy. Would love to have you read it. Bye. Hi, this is Ashley Scott, and you're listening to AME Radio. Hey, it's your girl, Alicia G, on AME Radio. Be sure to listen to my new song, Cash and Nap, and be sure to follow me on all my social media at Alicia G World. Love y'all. Hi, I'm Serena Vincent, and you're listening to the A&E Radio Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We got us a really special guest on the line. Her name is Rebecca Stern. She is the director of a dog documentary called Well Groomed. And if you love dogs and you love animals as much as I do, this is going to be a, a documentary you're going to want to watch. It's going to be airing on HBO December 17th. And we're excited to have her on, talk about uh, not only this movie, but how she got into directing and into movies in general and what her love of dogs is, because she's got to have some, some kind of love of dogs. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Good. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. I love, having, I love hearing how people got into the stuff that, they, that they're doing currently. What got you there? When did you decide this is something you probably want to do is pursue film? Oh man, I I mean, film <laughs> is one thing, documentaries is a whole other thing, especially because it's just such a long haul to make each and every one of them. I um, I never thought that I was going to be a documentarian. I didn't go to film school. I didn't, this wasn't like the passion growing up. Um, 
I actually kind of thought that I would go into publishing or be a lawyer because uh, I just love to read right. a ton. Um, and that seemed like a direct application. But then when I moved to New York City, I tried to get a job in publishing and I found out that you had to have like three years of unpaid internship experience. Wow. And I could not afford to do that. Um, so I was kind of looking to get really any job that would pay me so that I could stay in New York City. I had enough to kind of stay here for three months. And then at that point, I had to go home and figure it all out. Um, and I ended up getting that uh, with a documentarian um, who was just premiering his first film that had premiered at Sundance and then had, and then going into um, production on his second film. And so I worked with him for about a year and a half and completely got the documentary bug. Um, it was like a, it was like a grad school experience of like every part of the documentary distribution and production experience. <laughs> wow. So it happened by mistake, but is it something you love doing now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was the thing. It's like it happened by mistake, and I guess I could have left, but I ended up just obsessed with films and with documentaries. And it's just been so fascinating to work in the documentary space because you get to dive very, very deeply into subjects um, and get to know them really, really well. And then you get to do the exact same thing for a different subject. So it's almost like getting a PhD, but you don't stay there forever. You just, you can get them multiple times over and over again. Um, and you get to travel and meet a lot of interesting people. And at least in my case, a lot of really interesting dogs too. <laughs> and, and you get to get paid for it too, which is pretty special. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Now, what do you like the most about being, a do being the, in the documentary field? Because I know that there's there's so much. There's so many different things that that you learn from it. There's a lot of different things you can experience, and sometimes it's it's pretty chilling, and sometimes it's really really rewarding. So, what do you like the most about it? Yeah, absolutely. I so I'm a, usually a producer, um, not a director. Although I've definitely enjoyed directing um, this film. Sorry. Um, the I I think the biggest part that I. The thing that I like the most about documentary, there's so much, there's so many different aspects. So mm -hmm. I'm an organizational nerd, um, and I really like teams and teamwork and working with people. So that for, as a producer, actually organizing all of the shoots and then figuring out how to like work with the director to get through the edit and thinking really critically about how you're telling any given story. Um, and then finding the experts that you might need to tell it better or kind of taking critique and figuring out how you want to express something um, is all really fascinating. Mm -hmm. As a director, it, I like started just falling in love with creating a, like a visual storytelling technique for for well groomed. Um, I really enjoyed also just working so closely with the editor. So we were in the room like for over half. I was in the room for over half of the edit working with her, um, really writing the film, which is why I got a writing credit on the film as well, working on all the paper edits, uh, moving things around, and, like, really getting your hands dirty there became fascinating for me because it was just, like, constantly uh, um, a, a highlighting of the fact that if you change one thing, everything after it changes as well. And so you're just, like, working with this giant puzzle, and doing that has just been, like, just been great. 
Now, I gotta, I gotta figure out how you got the inspiration to do a documentary on dog grooming. I mean, honestly, LA and New York are probably one of the top, and that's only because of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people that really take an interest in their dogs, and there's a lot of competition, but there's probably no more, no larger competition than the Westminster Dog Show, which happens to be up at Madison Square Garden in New York. So, um, you, you probably are surrounded by it. What, when did you decide this is something I want to I want to cover, and why did you want to cover it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge pet lover, and I think a lot of people can say that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an easy entrance into a topic. So I started I started well groomed over five years ago at this point, and it was really when I was just learning about documentaries. So I had gotten this first job, and we were working on a film that was like very very intense. And I was working on a few other films as well that were about kind of the, the darker aspects of, of human nature, um, which are so needed and like so necessary to focus on, especially within good storytelling. But I, as like a human and, um, and someone who like feels very intensely needed something to balance that. And I was really wanting to kind of dive deeper into the things that brought all of us joy and could connect us all. Um, and in riffing on that, I was trying to figure out how I could do that within my like space of not being as experienced within documentary film at the time. So I was thinking just like pets would be an ent- an excellent entering point. I would make a short film. I could stay in New York and I could like learn the art of filmmaking. Um, and so I started researching pets in New York City. And as you said, like there's the there's the Westminster Dog Show. There's um, a million different dog fashion shows that happen, especially around around um, Halloween. Mm-hmm. They're a blast. You should go to all of them. Um, but I, like, in doing all of that research, wasn't really finding anything that I felt I could really sink my teeth more deeply into. I wanted something that would kind of inspire a lot of different questions for me. And the, like... Gucci or Prada on dog, I thought would be like a place that I could find a lot of joy, but turned out to be a place that I just was left with an excellent images, but not much else. So I was doing a lot of research and during that research to like see what I could do with all this footage, I ran across creative dog grooming and the project took a complete turn. Um, which I know is like, it's a documentary cliche, right? Like if you start with a, um, project, which if you end with the same film that you thought you ha- you had, you weren't paying attention. Um, <laughs> and that's definitely like, I mean, the cliche holds true. It's what happened to me. So <laughs> I like, I, I saw an image of creative dog grooming and started asking a ton of questions and was really, really curious about what was going on and who was doing this art and how they were doing it and what the dogs thought of it and like, if I could pet any of the dogs and, you know, all the questions started rolling. And so I um, got in contact with a few of the creative dog groomers um, who actually you see in the film. So Adrian Pope and Angela Comfy were some were two of the first dog groomers I got in touch with. And they were kind of like, yeah, whatever, we've been filmed before. Um, you can come and hang out with us, but, like, we're not going to, like, go out of our daily routine in order to hang out with you. So I was like, great. <laughs> So I bought a plane ticket and I went to one of the dog grooming shows, like basically the next month. And from there, I just started digging deeper and deeper in, um, and met all of the women who are now in the film. Wow. So what was one of the most, uh, crazy grooms you saw? 
And was it difficult for the guy to even get it there? Like, was the dog cooperating and, uh, you know, or was he trying to give him kisses? Was he trying to bite him? I mean, what, <laughs> what was the experience? <clears throat> oh, no. I, the dogs are all super happy to be on the grooming table. So they're, uh, they're very well trained, especially around grooming. So any dog that needs to be groomed, especially poodles, should be groomed like every four to six weeks or so um, to honestly just to stay healthy. So um, these dogs are show dogs, so they're groomed even more frequently than that. And they like they love it. It's basically going to spa, going to a spa day uh, <laughs> like once a week. So in terms of like difficulty with the dog, that just like didn't really exist. The dog was perfectly happy to be there. Um, and honestly, it would be impossible for the women to do the design unless the dog was really cooperating. Mm -hmm. There'd be like a few moments where the dog would lay down on the table or something, and then the woman would just work on whatever was like on the side that the dog was, was, wasn't laying on. Um, but other than that, like the dogs are, are super happy um, and incredibly well taken care of. <laughs> Sometimes I would like leave the shoots and, and want to get myself a massage just because I was like, these dogs are taking <laughs> care of so much better than I am. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, but in terms of difficulty, I don't know, like, I, it's really hard to choose what design I like the most. Um, there's a few that, like, really stand out to me, but they're not, like, currently on the competition circuit. Mm -hmm. There's one that um, Angela Comfy did that looked, she, like, took her, her standard poodle and made it look exactly like a buffalo. And, like, that was one of the first images I saw online, too, was, like, how is this so perfectly a buffalo, but also definitely a standard poodle. <laughs> um, so I don't know, they're like the best designs are the ones that kind of like make you laugh or make you look closer. Um, and then in terms of like difficulty, they have a whole system of which they're like judged on within the competition um, to say like which one is more difficult than the other. Wow. You know, I I had a Bichon Frise uh, um, for basically the most of my adult life and it is so important to groom those dogs because a little you let it go just a little bit and my god it's like it's like trying to pull a, a cotton ball apart you know it's it's very matted very tough and you have to use special shampoo for them <laughs> because they're just like a human you know with with their hairstyle and it's it's crazy uh how important grooming dogs actually is even to the dogs you don't think needs grooming you know the smooth kind they need it just as much yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, just think about how, like, sick or, like, gross feeling you can feel if your hair gets all matted. And, yeah. then like, that, the dog has it all over their body. So, like, the only time I ever saw anything that I was like, oh, poor dog doing the making of this film was actually, like, clients' dogs when they would bring them into the grooming shops and their poor, like, poodles hadn't been groomed for six months and they would get really, really matted. Um, and the only thing the, the groomers could do is, like, shave them down in order to kind of free free them up from mm -hmm. all that hair. Um, but in terms of, like, the women's dogs, they're, like, constantly being brushed out um, and very well taken care of. Mm -hmm. So how did you get your film into the hands of HBO to be able to debut it on their, uh, on their platform? Oh, man, what a wild ride. I bet. It's like it goes from this like, short film that I thought would be easy to make to like a feature film that takes me five years <laughs> and like <laughs> um, getting all of the partners on board that like are required to make a feature film. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's definitely a hard task and it always, 
For any film, you need to find kind of new partners because you don't know which ones are going to be the perfect fit for what you need to make that film um, the best way. And so I had um, partnered up with my producer, Justin Lindsay, right at the beginning, and then um, partnered with a co-production company, um, Space Station and Matt Mills, in like, the beginning of production. And then at that point, we were kind of off the races and we made the film and edited it and then found, um, and then partnered with Dan Deacon to do the score. He's an electronics artist from Baltimore and he's just completely fantastic. Um, and then we got it into South by. And so like that was really great. So with the, the festival premiere for getting your film sold is just so important. Um, and so then after South by, uh, HBO came on board to, to release the film. So it was done like completely independently, and then um, after the world saw it, oh, we got um, up by HBO. It's like a dream. Wow, that is fantastic, and that just goes to show everybody out there that has a dream. You know, sometimes you, it's going to be a little bit rough to get there, but so, you never know, and things can happen. So don't don't not pursue it because you just don't think that you can do it or you're good enough or something like that because. You just never know, and if you're able to do that, you know, individually without a huge production team, you know, like with uh, out in Hollywood with a studio, that's that's incredible. I, I, that's you got to feel good about that. Oh yeah, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's it's a mountain, you know. It's like I'm trying. It's premiering tonight on HBO, and I'm just trying to like bask in it for a second. Um, although I already have a few other projects kind of in the works. <laughs> Now, what went through your head when when you heard HBO? Was it like, HBO, shut up type thing? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, got married, I got married this year as well, so I was driving to my, ba- to my bachelorette party, and I got the call, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this is the best year. <laughs> it was like everything good happens all at once. It does. It does. But it, it does drive you to continue to do more, because, you know, if you have that success... Now you got to now you got to you got to take that success and make it look like it really wasn't that that big to do it again and make the second one even better than the first one, you know. And that's what I love about arts is that you got to you got to always outdo yourself, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, the pressure is on. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of things do you have planned for the for the uh, near future here? What uh, what things are you working on that you can talk about? Well, I'm producing two features and then also producing a short film that's being directed by uh, my cinematographer for Well Groomed, um, but nothing that I can like talk about too much. Okay. Well, yeah. at least we know you got some stuff in the works, and that that'll keep your uh, your fans wanting more. Out of all the out of all this this stuff, though, I'd like to kind of know what is your favorite breed of dog after going through the grooming. You, you know, obviously the dog that you have is, is one of your favorites, but what are some of your favorite breeds? Oh man, um, well, I got a dog while I was making well groomed. So like, I one of the reasons I was so into pets is because I have had them for the rest of my entire life, but I ha- didn't have any when I started the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to spend more time with pets because that was just like life. And so then after spending so much time with these women's poodles, I was like, I want a dog. Um, and I ended up getting a cattle dog Descendi mix, and I loved him very, very much. Um, he's just like a little nut from a shelter. But the... I mean, he's sitting next to me right now, so hopefully he won't hear this. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> also um, love, like, Australi- Australian um, shepherds and, like, 
Lassie dog, Collies, um, dogs like that. I, poodles are great. They're incredibly smart and they're incredibly loyal and they're definitely, um, like easy going, but I think the herding dogs are kind of my, my, my favorites. <laughs> And poodles are very high maintenance and sometimes divas. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and there can only really be one diva in this household, so it's got to be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Well, we are just about out of time here. I want to be able to give uh, you the opportunity to tell people how they can follow you, see what you got going on, uh, and, of course, one more time, how they can watch um, this uh, this documentary of yours. Oh, yeah, well, HBO... Uh, well-groomed premieres on HBO tonight at 9 p.m., and then it will be on all the streaming platforms, so they should definitely watch it there. Um, and then they can keep up with the film and with me on our Facebook page and Instagram. It's Well-Groomed Movie. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being a fun guest, and, and what a fun topic. You know, I can't wait to see it myself. I'm a huge dog lover, so I'd love to be able to see this myself. You'll have to let me know what you think. I absolutely will. You know I will. Great. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back in about two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hi, this is Crystal Hunt. I play Alicia Trisk on the new Pure Flix original series, Hilton Head Island. Log on to pureflix.com so you can stream Hilton Head Island and see me along with my mother, played by Don Mills, and my brother, played by Antonio Sabato Jr. Hope you tune in. Hi, this is Serena Palmer from Radio Rebel. Hey, everybody. This is Jay Underwood from uh, the original Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's uh, early 90s production, and now the... Uh documentary doomed hi this is dina martin hey this is cherish lee and you are listening to ame radio with jason Welcome back, everybody, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit now about some things that you might be interested in for New Year's. For instance, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. You know, New Year's resolutions are something that we lay out. It's usually a set of goals that we want to accomplish into the new year. However, sometimes they're a little bit more personal, and sometimes there are things that you just can't achieve, not right away. And the problem that we run into when we set these New Year's resolutions is that oftentimes, we just don't accomplish them right away, and therefore we lose track of them, and we give up on it. 
I see this year after year after year, and I've talked to a lot of uh, you know life coaches and people that have a lot of experience in helping people stay organized and and pursuing their their dreams. And a lot of the times they say, don't set resolutions. Instead, set small goals. Set small goals at the beginning of the year that you can accomplish. So it makes you feel like you've done something. And then start to grow into bigger and more complex goals. But have that one major goal that you want to reach by the end of the year. You know, a lot of times when we come right out the gate, we want to be able to lose weight. Well, you start off at, at, in, in January, and by the time it hits February, you've only lost two or three pounds, and therefore you give up on it. So set reasonable goals if you're going to do this type of thing. You know, if you're going to want to lose weight, okay, in, in a month I want to lose five pounds or ten pounds. That shouldn't be that hard to do. And then maybe by next month we want to lose an additional 15 pounds, you know, or maybe five pounds a month, whatever it is, but just keep it so that way it's, you're constantly reaching that, that goal and you don't hit that plateau where you can't go any higher. And now what I want to do is I want to kind of go over some of the top 10 most common New Year's resolutions that people try to follow through on and usually don't. <laughs> One of them, number 10, is read more. The reason by I think why we don't do this one often is because we get so wrapped up in life. It happens to me every single solitary year. You know, I want to be able to get out there and, and sit down and read, but I just got I'm so busy and I can only do so much. So read more is one of the ones that we like to put out there, but sometimes we fail. And one of the ways that we can do that is setting out the time. We have to block out time if we are scheduled to the nines. Just the way it is. Travel more is number nine. That makes sense. Uh, you know, we all like to travel, but sometimes money just does not work our way. We have a lot of un- unforeseen uh, things that come up. That kind of gets put to the wayside. Here's number eight. Spend more time with family and friends. This one is, ex- is extremely important, something that we need to make sure that we do often. We cannot substitute this with a phone, tablet, or anything else where we can get on social media. We need to spend time with people around us that we love. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. Number seven, quit smoking. Probably one of the hardest things that, that we want to do but never, ever do is because of the addiction. You have, to fig- you have to go through a doctor to make sure you do this correctly because they can help curb some of the, uh, some of the cravings. And sometimes that doesn't even work. But this, is, this one really comes down to willpower, mind over matter. Save more money, spend less money. Uh, yeah, that's great. That always works, and it's something we want to do, but then we see the latest and greatest new cell phones that come out or computers or cars, and we have to go do it. We, we, we don't have the self-control to say no. We don't have the ability to say all the time that this is what I need, this is what I want, and therefore we have that problem. And saving money is just a problem anyways because you know we have unforeseen accidents. We may have an accident in our car. We might have an emergency where you have to go to the hospital. Somebody breaks an arm. Somebody gets sick. It happens. Number five is another one, another important one. Live life to the fullest. You know, we don't always do that. And I think it's something that we should really put as one of the top things that we don't fail on. We always have to look for the best. We have to look at what we can do with what we have and what we want to do and where we want to go and see. And if you can do that and you treasure all that, you will live life to the fullest. Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. That's something I, t- I preach 365 days a year, especially on this radio show. It's very important to, try- to challenge yourself and try new things. You never know what you're going to be good at until you try it. Number three, get organized. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I am probably one of the most disorganized people. Nothing that I have in my house is organized. Um, I try. I do try. And I make you know, 
conscience efforts to, to do that. And uh, that's all we can really do unless you have somebody that really knows how to keep you on track of being organized. Life can get out of hand, and that's where that can get blown out really fast. Number two and number one are both pretty much the same thing. Lose weight is number two. Exercise more is number one. Both of those kind of go hand in hand. Again, it comes down to time, and it also comes down to how much do we really want to do it. You know, we have to block out time for stuff like this. So I suggest if you want to do exercise and you want to lose weight, you've got to learn to take some time to cook for yourself. You have to take some time to go and exercise. And we can't, you got to just block it off and say absolutely nothing between this time and this time because I'm going to be doing these types of things. I'm going to be cooking and I'm going to be exercising. So those are some of the ways that we can stay on track for a New Year's resolution for those top 10, which are actually, they're very, they're very obtainable, but sometimes we just get distracted. Now, number eight, spend more time with family and friends. This is why I'm talking about taking things for granted. This Christmas kind of woke me up to something. Um, I woke up and I, I had my grandparents' nativity scene. They've had it since the 1980s. I remember them buying it from my mom from uh, Avon Pieces at a time. She collected it every year. She was so proud of this thing. And it always sat in her curio cabinet right next to where she ate in the dining room. I saw it every day of the year. She had it up every day of the year to remind her that Christmas is not just one day of the year. And this year, last year in November, my grandfather passed away. My grandmother passed away in 1999. And um, they were going to throw away a lot of this stuff. And I took it. So my uncle brought it down down to me. And, you know, I was really excited to have it. I'm so blessed to have it. But then I set up, I sat the the nativity scene out, and it just didn't have the same oomph to it. You know what I mean? Because it just didn't have my grandmother there. It wasn't in her normal spot where it sat for almost thirty years. So I decided to build a manger, and the manger looked like it wasn't going to be that much. It wasn't going to do much for it. But when I put it next to those figurines, oh man, did it come alive! And then I start to realize, man, I really did take my grandparents for granted. You know, I always thought that they would be there no matter what. And they are in spirit now, but I would do anything to be able to go to their house, see their smiling faces, and have a great Christmas dinner together. I miss the time that I spent with them, and I miss the time that I've missed from them. Because, again, I thought they were always there. Maybe I didn't write enough. Maybe I didn't call enough. And now I can't call at all. So please, take take nobody for granted. Anybody. Your friends, your family, anything. Because you may not have them tomorrow. Age it does not matter. I've seen kids that were taken minutes after birth, and I've seen people that live to 117 years old and longer. We don't have a guaranteed tomorrow. So treasure the people that you have in your life and spend some time with them. Make the time to spend time with them. Okay, so uh, that's all I got right now. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to end the show with a little bit of music. So let's go have some fun. We'll be back in, in about five. Hola, this is Lisette Diaz from the Sweet Lizzie Project, and I'm very, very excited to share with you my new music. The new record of the band Technicolor is going to be out February 21st, and you can get it on every digital uh, store, and you can call your um, local record store and get the record. I hope you love it. Uh, thank you so much. Hey, this is Jen Lilly from Days of Our Lives. Hi, this is Jennifer McGill from the new Mickey Mouse Club, also a new recording artist. Hey, everybody, this is John Schneider. You know, Dukes of Hazard, Smallville, haves and have-nots. Hey, guys, it's Julie Mae Silverstein from Lydia on Funk. Hey, everyone, it's Lou Ambrose from Stuck in the Middle. Hi, it's Maurice Bernard. You're listening to the AME 
Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody, and we are about ready to get into the last segment of the show, which is the music that I promised from the 1990s. We're going to be going dance music. This is music that I loved growing up with. I went to dances with it. I went and enjoyed it with my friends. To me, it's kind of timeless, and it brings me back to a time when I really enjoyed uh, growing up. So we're going to be hearing some of those songs. This is going to be the last time I'm going to be speaking to you guys before the end of the show. So tomorrow we have two great guests coming up. We're going to be talking about a brand new Lifetime movie called Escaping My Stalker, which airs on 1-1-2020. We have Alexandria Paul and Lyndon Ashby from that. They're both actors and actresses in it. And uh, he is the director. Now, Alexandra was from Baywatch. Uh, you've probably seen her in that. And Lyndon Ashby is from uh, Teen Wolf. So we're going to be talking to him about and her about that movie as well. 
And um, we, you can join us again every single Saturday week, every Friday at, uh, let's see here, we're going to be on at 11 a.m. and uh, on WKLAP.com and every Saturday at 7 p.m. on WKLAP.com. You're also going to be on AMFM247.com and at our 13 AMFM stations every Friday at 10 p.m. and every Saturday at 5 p.m. Radio Love every Saturday night at 9 p.m. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Spreaker, and phoenixbroadcasting.com on demand. All right, so let's get this party started. We're going to be kicking it off here with some music, and I can't wait. So until until tomorrow, keep those clear juices flowing. Good night, everybody.
That's the end? We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.